Hey listener, this podcast is called Trigger Warning Romance for a reason. It is intended for an 18 plus audience due to the adult context and triggers that may be discussed in each episode. Please check the show notes for a full list of triggers and proceed with caution. You have been properly warned. It's time to count off the triggers. Trigger warning romance, everybody. I'm not. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry. It's gonna be one of those episodes. You should leave this in. Oh my god. She's Nat, and I'm Tori. <laughs> and tonight. We are high, but not really. <laughs> no, today we're going to be diving into the last book of this Ruthless Obsession series by Zoe Blake, Sweet Ferocity. <laughs> and we're really upset about it. <laughs> not because it was bad, because it's over. <laughs> it's, it's a very sad thing for this yeah. series to conclude. Honestly, though, I'm real pissed. Okay, I'm going to go. I went off on this in the last episode, but I had seen at least two other ladies that needed to get railed by mafia Russians. Okay, we had Brooklyn for sure. Brooklyn and Andre. Hello. Excuse me. Why is that not happening? And the previous book was there was no man, but it was Avery. Okay, Avery, justice for Avery and Brooklyn. (laughs) Hashtag get some dick. Hashtag, where's the D? What's happening here, Zoe? Why'd you stop? You had two more couples, at least two more couples. I suspect it has something to do with the Russian war. (laughs) Quite possibly. (laughs) The damn Russians mess everything up. (laughs) She's probably like, I don't know if anyone's going to buy these Russian mafia books because the Russians are really messing stuff up in the world. Ain't that the truth? Yeah, but no one's here to talk politics. So (laughs) anyway. I loved it. Did you like this one the best? No. I think I like Sweet Brutality the best. I think Maxim is my guy. But Luca is a close, close, close second. I'm going to have to disagree with you again. Sweet Savagery was my favorite. For the guys. For the guys. Now, for the girls, Mary still takes it. I 100%. Sweet Depravity has it. Yes. So we agree on the girl. We just disagree on, we have different tastes in men. It's fine. That's fine. Mr. Klein and Mr. Savage probably would agree with that concept. Yeah, I do also believe that is correct because they seem quite different. (laughs) And that is what makes the world go round, right? So. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Sweet Ferocity kicks off with Katie at, at a university in Virginia. Katie is the daughter of Igor Novikov. I think is how you say it. Novikov, yes. Who is a Russian crime boss. And his sons were killed in the Ivanov family, crime family series. So there's there's a lot of crossover within this book. But Katie lives in America. She has nothing to do with her family. 
she wants nothing to do with her family and she's quite happy to pursue her degree in photography she wants to start a little gallery with her friend and she's just happy to be out of russia and away from the life a life of crime until the book starts yeah and of course <laughs> uh well because we know that she got kidnapped from the last book we just don't know how she got kidnapped and she's but yeah so it started off with her going to, she's a photographer she's a photography student and she was in a dark room like right yeah that's where it started off she was going to yeah she was uh going to develop some film in a dark room in this creepy part of the basement of the art studio and she went to her favorite room and she had this weird feeling because she passed the man on the, on her way to the studio and she got this weird vibe from him because he was dressed super creepy and he had leather gloves on and it stood out because he's in the middle of a college campus nobody dresses like that and she notes he had a long face and we know from the last book that that Japanese mobster had a long face as well and uh so she's doing her thing and she she hears somebody's checking all the dark room doors and she's like what the hell but she's like oh it's probably just some security guy but no, of course, of course it's not. Because she hears somebody try to like methodically open her, her door. She locks her door. Katie locks her door when she hears the, when she hears the doors opening and she hears something mm -hmm. out in the hallway. So she locks the door thinking that maybe she can just pretend no one's there and they'll, they won't, they won't catch her. But then she, she hears somebody like methodically picking the lock. She knows what that sounds like because she is from a crime family and she was taught how to pick locks and stuff. And she knows what it's like. So she was trying to throw the intruder off and she started speaking in French. She's like, qu'est-ce que c'est vous? <laughs> but, you know, the man was like, whatever. I know it's you, Katie or Katya. I know it's you, Katya. Open the door. So... She has a back and forth with him, but then she feels somebody like she feels chloroform and she knows what that's like. It smells sweet. And just as she well, she escapes first, she gets yes. past him. She throws yes, the chemicals in his eyes and darts right. past him. And then he tackles her outside on the middle of a college campus and nobody was there. Yeah. And nobody seemed to care. E even afterwards, when Luca went to find her over there. They're like, oh, yeah, we found her stuff. Here it is. And they're like, well, anybody report her missing? No, the college didn't want bad reputation or like anything. So nobody said anything. <laughs> what a crappy college. Although I have a feeling a, a lot of colleges probably actually do that kind of stuff because they don't want. They don't want the publicity. Yeah, they don't want the crime on campus to like rates to go up because then they have to report it. And then people won't be as inclined to send their children to a, to a college like that so but as he's tackling her she has the brilliant thought to take pictures he can't see what she's doing so she mm -hmm. just holds the camera up and does a, a series of snaps and then throws her camera in the bushes so he doesn't see it which I thought was yeah. kind of brilliant that is really smart yeah I don't know that I would have had the, the presence of mind to do that no I definitely would have just passed out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but we kind of know what happens after that because of sweet savagery. Sweet brutality. She's, sweet brutality. Sorry. I'm at this point, you guys know I'm horrible at names, <laughs> titles. I'm real bad. Okay. I don't even know the people's name half the time. I'm, 
I just, my brain is. I can translate it for you. So it's okay. Thank you. So yeah, so because of sweet brutality, we know what happens that she's taken to some safe house in Chicago, which quite far from Virginia. So that must have been a trip. In the back of the trunk? Yeah. Or in the trunk of the car? We understood you. Okay. <laughs> but when she wakes up, she hears somebody and that's when Karina got there. Oh, you're getting ahead of us. I, I always do that. Okay, go ahead. We switch to Luca next. Oh, Luca, right. Luca at the- um, In the jail. At- or the, in the prison, prison in Siberia. Right. Yeah, it's not somewhere you want to be. In Sweet Brutality, they met when they mentioned Luca at first. Maxim is like, I thought he was in that prison in Siberia. And I think it's Gregor says, Well, he's there only for as long as he wants to be. And I thought that was a little strange until we got to, to actually be introduced to Luca in this book. Yeah, no, he's badass. And wow, he is badass. He is badass. First of all, he's probably the most humongo out of all of them, right? Probably like physically. I I mean, they're all huge people, right? They're just, they're giant, but like he's the giantiest of the most giants. (laughs) But as he's finishing up a fight in the prison yard. For fun. Because he was bored and the guy was a Nazi. So yeah, the guard motions him over and tells him that he's got a visitor. So he goes to the office and he finds... Igor, Katie's dad, sitting in the chair behind the desk. You know, this is the the head of a crime family who thinks he's hot shit. And all Luca tells him is out of my chair. Yep. And he moved. <laughs> of course he moved. I mean, Igor is not, he's older. He's not the, the, the most striking physically. So I think he knows he would lose in that fight. <laughs> but Igor is there to employ Luca because Katie has disappeared. And he thinks she ran away. Well, if my oldest sin dad that I didn't get along with was arranging my marriage, I would run away too. Agreed. Especially if it, to some corpse, as she keeps calling him. Well, the guy's over 70. Yikes. That is not an age gap I'm for. <laughs> no. I like me some age gap, but even I draw the line there. I think that's a little old. Yeah. 150. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But yeah, he asks him to help and... He says, 5 million US, first half wired to my usual account. And Igor is like, that's too much. Absolutely not. And he's like, all right, fine. I guess you don't want to find her. Good luck. Good luck. And he agrees, finally. Well, we also find out that Luca is in the Siberian prison because he's taken a bodyguard position for, for one of the, some other guy that's there. Yeah, some like a rich oligarch's son messed up and got himself thrown in prison and he's just there to protect him because he can't protect himself. But that guy's getting out the next day or something, so he's done. So he too is like, I'm out, peace. <laughs> so he just casually walks out. Yeah. It's insanity at its finest. Yeah, it's super badass. They do have a slight gun battle where he where he shoots down the guard towers <laughs> because they're so old and rickety. Well, there's a good point, right? They said none of the doors are locked because you're in a Siberian prison. Where are you really going to go? You can walk out, absolutely, but then you go die in the elements. Well, I guess you just have to have your helicopter there to to spirit you away. Clearly, we're doing it wrong. Uh, Anyway, then we go back to Katya. Nope. No? Then Luca goes to the college. Oh... Yeah. And gets gets her stuff. Yeah, he finds her camera and 
that's real fun later. And she has her purse um, with her wallet and her driver's license and her keys. And he goes to her dorm room and everything is there. You know, there's nothing appears to be missing. Yeah. So he's like, no, no, this girl did not run away. Some, someone's kidnapped her. He's figured that out because who runs away without taking anything with her, like your keys. So he decides to go through the pictures on the camera to see if he can get any kind of clue. And he does find the pictures of the Yakuza on, uh, on her camera. He also finds a naked selfie of her. Yeah, a couple of them. <laughs> and that's when we imprint immediately. <laughs> Luca is so badass. He doesn't even need to see her in person. Nope. He can do it through a, through a, a screen. <laughs> I mean, he does have a slight advantage in that she's naked. I feel like if the others <laughs> saw their ladies naked for the first time, it would also happen that way. So while, yes, it is badass that he imprinted through a picture, again, she's naked. It's not like a photo of, although that's not true because the father gave a picture of her to him and at the prison and it was just her face. And he was like, Oh, that's like, he noted that was the most striking face he's ever seen. The most like beautiful face. But then he saw her naked and it was like, mine, <laughs> that's mine. And I think that this is a record out of the series because we hit chapter four <laughs> and there's been no sex. I mean, they haven't even yeah. met at this point. I know. So this is practically a slow burn for Zoe. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of plot up built because <laughs> he's not even helped her. He's not even saved her yet. But now we go back to Katie. There we go. And she wakes up and offers Karina some water. And Karina's like, no, I can't. You've been here longer. And she says, don't worry about it. They feed us and they give us water. Not very often, but they do. They don't want to kill us. And then they come up with a whole plan of how to get out with the purse and the gun. And we've, like I said, we've covered it in the last book. We know what happens. Oh, and then they're like, we can't give them all the glory in rescuing us. Like we got our, <laughs> the Russian men are far too arrogant as it is. Like we, we need to come up with a plan ourselves. And then, you know, they come and they save them and whatever. We, again, we know what happens. Well, we do get a little bit of sex because Luca jerks off to the picture well, yes, that's before they, he uh, he rescues before them. Before he rescues her. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of back and forth in this book. Yeah, because he was flipping through to look at some more pictures of like the Yakuza and stuff. And then he stumbled upon those naked pictures and immediately took off his pants. <laughs> this book has some hot freaking masturbation scenes. There's a lot of them in there. Yeah. Yeah. And, but yeah, he's like imagining all sorts of stuff with her. And of course, belts. These men and their belts. <laughs> Constant belts. <laughs> but he says, but, damn, this woman was the best sex I ever had. And I hadn't even mm-hmm. touched her yet. I highlighted that too. <laughs> that one entertained me a little bit. Yeah. But then we get the rescue. And sorry, my dear friend, who you know who you're talking about. There's a lot of fisting cocks here. <laughs> I thought about that as I was reading <laughs> So I don't know. Ugh. I don't know your friend, but but I, I I feel like I do a little bit. You do know my friend. I've told you about her. It's my doctor friend. Oh, okay. Yes, this is, this is my friend. Sorry, doctor friend. She's really really against this phrase. The I pulled free my I, I pulled free my 
I'm sorry, I can't speak English today. I pulled my cock free and fisted the length. <laughs> she hates it so much. I'm going to hear about it when she gets to this part of the book. She's behind because she's a doctor and she's saving people. Uh, just a, just I, a little busy. Just something to do. Yeah. yeah, while I'm reading smut. She's also, like I said, li- living her own. Oh, I have an update on my friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I completely forgot up until we started talking about this. She did the thing against the window in her apartment. Go her. Do you remember? I do. In, oh my God, what is it? Sweet savagery savagery sweet savagery with ivan with ivan yes where they had sex against the the hotel window the full-length hotel window well i told you my friend lives in a high-rise and she's got those full windows now she did it wrong (laughs) how exactly do you do that wrong because when they did it they did it semi-doggy style with her facing the window and him in the back ah yes and they did it the opposite like I mean, almost missionary is style where like her back was to the window. Kind of like the, the up against the wall. Yeah. And she said it was very uncomfortable. She's like, we did it, but it was very uncomfortable. And I asked her how she did it and it wasn't the correct way. So she said she will redo it and get back to me. <laughs> so I was like, A for effort. I'm glad you had fun. You did this wrong way. You got to read the book and follow it step by step. Zoe will not lead you astray. So anyway, good job, friend. She also (laughs) made her boyfriend listen to the part about us talking about him and (laughs) really got really awkward about it. (laughs) Sorry, boyfriend. I haven't met you yet, but I'm talking about you on my podcast. (laughs) You should feel very honored. I'm saying very nice things about you. I mean, like I said, I haven't even met you yet. So anyway, (laughs) Of course, it's already a tangent. We're on page 35 and we're already into a tangent. But yeah, he he's super into um, envisioning her underneath him and her small hands holding onto his shoulders and all the stuff. And and he's saying all this and he's like, I want to hear her scream as I baptize her <laughs> in her lovemaking with almost virginal blood. And he's like, fixating on virginal because he's like even though she may have she probably had men before me none will be my equal spoiler alert guys she is a virgin and he's real pleased about that when he finds that out we have another scene kind of like with dimitri in that one yeah but we'll get there we will get there so anyway we we haven't even got to the part where they meet yet (laughs) well after he gets himself off we cut back to katie And they're getting ready to, she and Karina are getting ready to mount their offense to escape. And we know what happens here. We know that Maxim and Luca come in and they beat up the Japanese guys and save the day. But what tickled me was Katie is so anti-Russian, right? Mm -hmm. She says, oh my God, we were saved. Despite the fight that ensued, there wasn't a doubt in my mind that the Russian men would prevail over the Yakuza. She has a little bit of pride for the Russian guys. Well, yeah, of course, because this is a romance novel. She can't hate them completely. Okay, there needs to be a little, because her mom is Russian. So she just hates her father. Well, do you blame her? No, of course not. He's a horrible human being. 
but he but the the all the other reason is she knows that Russian men are badass in this in this book anyway, right? In in this world. And of course they'll win. She knows they're ruthless and they'll do anything to win. So whereas traditionally, I guess the Japanese are a little bit more, I don't want to say maybe civilized and like cultured and they follow the rules, right? I think that I think that would be applicable, yeah. But you know, Russians are known to be brutal and just a little bit slimy, <laughs> just do whatever they need to do to, to win. So um, yeah. And then, and then they, of course they win, whatever. And then I love that the, the little back and forth they have where she calls him a gorilla, <laughs> a stupid gorilla. In, in French. In French. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he, he tells her that he speaks French too. And he's like, damn it. He was an educated beast. <laughs> I do love that she just keeps calling him a gorilla because it it's just gave me a, a very nice visual of how giant this man must be because well she compares him to the rock yeah she's like this guy is huge like the rock huge yeah and but I also like like his the the way she described him was amazing because she was like he had all these tattoos but you could tell that they were old and smudged like I didn't really care about them and his nose was crooked because he was you know obviously broken in fights and his knuckles were had like star scars on him from fights like he clearly was like a very, how do I say, um, rough, yeah, rough and tumble kind of guy. Like he wasn't as polished as the other ones. <laughs> I feel like the other ones are a little bit more polished. They're all constantly in suits. Well, they're and... more the businessmen, and mm-hmm. he's more the I'm going to kill shit and get it done. Yeah, he's the he's the muscle, whereas they're the brain, more or less. I mean, not that we all know that the other ones can fight too. Okay, like we're well aware. But he's definitely the brawn. Yes. Where they are the the brain. Anyway, I like that. <laughs> and he tries to take her to the hospital, but she's hor- he, she hates hospitals and she doesn't want to go there because that's where her mom died. Now, this is where my, my comment, because Luca is there to rescue her and yes. he is on his motorcycle. I had the same note. <laughs> I was, my note was, he didn't think his cunning plan through. No, no, absolutely not. But I guess he thought maybe she would go into the ambulance, right? Like, I I don't know. But yeah, you're right. At least bring one of those stupid SUVs that you all drive. The, the black the, ones. The Range the Rover. Unass- yeah, bring the unassuming black Range Rover. <laughs> they actually make a, a, a fun in a comment about it at the very end of the book where all the girls are going out to to meet Mary and Emma and one of the guys says like take the bulletproof SUV <laughs> it's like which one man you've got like eight of them <laughs> <laughs> we are the same person um we just split our brains yeah <laughs> that's what's wrong with it <laughs> we figured it out but he sets her in front of him oh that was hot though so she's kind of like a carrier monkey or a koala bear and I was like oh that's hot yeah yeah it was real hot because he was like no you can't sit behind me because I don't trust you to hold on because you might fall off so he like like you said like koalas on she koalas onto him and she falls asleep even I think 
because she gets comfy, which I have no idea how you get comfy on a motorcycle like that because that does not seem comfy at all. (laughs) Well, I guess with the exhaustion and the shock and the adrenaline crash, it probably wouldn't need to be terribly comfortable. Yeah, I guess. I guess you're right. Anyway, they get back to the hotel and this is where some of my favorite parts come because he brings the doctor in and the doctor tries to. He says, you know, I have to give her a thorough examination. And of course, she's like, I'm fine. I don't need anything. I don't need anything. And he was like, no, I need to give her a thorough examination. And, you, you know, now, Katie, I need you to remove your clothes so I can make sure you don't have any injuries. And he was like, the hell you do? And I'm just like, um, how am I supposed to see if nothing's wrong with her if you don't let me, you know, examine her? Uh, I can't look through the filthy clothes. She hasn't showered in like, what, a couple of days at least? Well, she's been gone for a week. A week. So at least a week she hasn't showered. And he just tells the doctor to get out. (laughs) He's like, I'll do it myself. He says, you're not seeing my woman naked. Now get the fuck out. And I was like, oh, his woman, huh? Already. Yeah, that was really funny. And he's like, I've been through enough skirmishes around like the military medics to know how to figure shit out. So don't like, I I don't need a doctor. And you're not, you're definitely not seeing my woman naked. And then he does a sexy check her out (laughs) medically (laughs) and uh, checks for some broken bones. And he's like, I think she's, she's yelling. And I'm like, I think I will know if a bone is broken. (laughs) I think I would feel that. Which she has a great point. I feel like if I had a broken bone, I would definitely know that it was broken. But he does have a point that with all of the the adrenaline and all of the rush of everything, that things might get overlooked. But what got me was he's tracing her his hands along her her the waistband of her panties. And he he goes to check her head to see if how bad the bump was. And she says, I could feel his breath against my cheek when he spoke. I need to make sure you didn't bump your head too badly. I almost wish I had. It would explain my insanely submissive attitude to having this Russian gorilla of a man who I didn't even know touch me in ways I'd never let another man. Yeah. I also love that she's in this cute bra and underwear set. Like, girl, you've been in captured for, for a week. I would look like complete hell after a week. <laughs> And it's another thing, like, I'm like, ooh, like, texting or sexy. I'm like, oh my God, I would be so self conscious. Like, I haven't showered in a week. Yeah, I, I would be like, get away me. from me. Yeah, <laughs> please. Can I just, you're real hot. And I, I just need to shower first, please. He does send her to the shower later. So I'm like, we actually get a lot of shower water um, bath stuff in this book. I think we get at least two of them. Well, he's checking her out and she notices that he's hard. So he takes his, he takes her foot and rubs it on his dick. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Yeah. It's so funny. Like completely normal, completely normal. <laughs> and she like tries to get away from him. And of course he won't let her. And, and he's like, like what you see, princess, stop calling me princess. How about I, I just, just call you mine? Yeah, I was like, yes, please. Okay, like, just highlight this over and over and over and over again. I was like, I can live with that. Yeah, totally. And then the doctor comes back in. He gives her a once-over and says everything looks good. Gives her some keynote, gives her sleeping pills in case she can't sleep. But says, 
only give her one because three of these will knock a horse out. But yeah, he gives her these pills and says, like, call me if anything, you know, if she's got, because she's got like one little scrape. So he's like, if it gets infected, give me a call. I'll give her an antibiotics. But and here are these sleeping pills that can knock out a horse. <laughs> and she says, what kind of doctor just <laughs> has those kind of tranquilizers on him? And Lucas says, a discreet kind, obviously. And then the food comes. Lots of food. Because he orders everything. Of course he does. Of course he does. He needs to feed his lady. His lady. But unlike the other Russian men, she says, I'm not hungry. And he says, you have two options. Either you pick something and eat it, or I'm going to pick something and feed it to you. And then she she questions him about his girlfriend because whether she dates Russian men or not, she's obviously interested. Of course, and jealous already. <laughs> but he says, I'm a grown man, baby girl. I don't have girlfriends. I have women I like to fuck. They all say the same thing. It's literally, they just all went to the same school of Zoe Blake mafia boys. <laughs> that is not a complaint. No, uh-uh, no, I like it. We love it. But she wants to take a shower. And he says, you can take a bath. And she says, I want to take a shower. And he says, okay, I'll take a shower with you. And she's like, no, 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 I'll take a bath. And then she goes and takes a bath and starts touching herself. (laughs) Which I, again, I I understand. And this is a romance novel, but in reality, like you've just been kidnapped for a week. You're tired, you're hungry. I think that's the last thing I'd want. You're like dirty. Like I really would love to take a shower or or a bath or something to clean myself up, but I don't believe sex would be anywhere on my mind. Well, I don't know if I had a hot Russian guy saving me, I, I (laughs) might be persuaded. Maybe. I don't know. Honestly, I've thankfully or unthankfully never been in that kind of situation. So I wouldn't know. Well, as she's touching herself and it's going through her fantasies, She's fantasizing about him taking a belt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he, and then she and she's about to groan or something. And he says, Don't stop. And she's like, um, oh my God, what are you doing? What are you doing here? She's like freaking out, scrambling to cover herself with like four bubbles that are left in the in the bathtub. And this is a something that constantly comes back to us. She says, the door was locked. He says, I unlocked it. Now I said, don't stop. And, oh, and he brought her cake in in the bathroom. And this was my note. How do I sign up for cake and orgasms? Because that sounds like something I would totally be up for. (laughs) Um, Like we get the, if we didn't already know, it becomes very apparent that Luca is a very dominant man and he is very used to having what he says followed yep and of course our girl does not follow directions well (laughs) a girl's like uh uh, no but she is swayed quite easily later on because they i don't they don't have no not in the tub he He takes her out of the tub and in the shower starts off in the shower yeah but first he makes her touch herself right yes i think he just watches because i don't think he Oh no, he touches, he like grabs her boobs and stuff, but he makes her make herself come first. And then he brings, like smushes her in the shower and 
always in jeans. Why are they always just wearing jeans in the shower? Well, it's Tell jeans me. or gray sweatpants. It's a yeah. law. <laughs> it's true. And then they like, well, oh, this is where he decides that he needs to get her pregnant immediately. And you know how I feel about that. I was a man possessed. All reason and mm-hmm. civility had left my body. All that was left was a feral animal need to make this woman mine. I didn't just want to fuck her. I wanted to breed her. I wanted my seed deep in her belly, binding her to me and blood for all eternity. That's hot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is chapter nine. We need to have a baby. I love it. But he is just kind of going to town. He's like, he spanks her and he, he says, spread your legs. And she's like, we can't do this. And he yeah. says, the fuck we can't. And she says, you don't understand. And so he continues to spank her. And then we get to the sex. And he doesn't realize that she's a virgin right away. It No, he's just too overcome. He doesn't notice how tight he she is. He doesn't notice how tight she is. And he notices that there was a little bit of resistance. But he thought that was just because of how tight she was. Mm-hmm. And then she cries out. And it kind of, it just hits him that all of these things and he looks down and there's blood with the water and he is all about that yeah he said the moment she came I spilled my seed deep within her body branding her as mine whether she liked it or not so like that was it first pp in last pp in we're done So then he takes her out of the shower, throws her, you know, pushes her over the counter and goes back to town. There is no eating this chicken. Poor thing. No. And of course he's another monster. There's no one with normal sized penises in these books. It would definitely hurt no matter what. But you imagine someone that large your first time. Well, without any prep work. Yeah, nothing. Well, she she came once. Yeah, but that's not a stretch. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It, it would be, it, it, it's not pleasant. I mean, she seemed to like it though. She wasn't complaining too much. So no, no, she wasn't. But she says life had a strange way of letting, you know, you weren't the one in charge. Luca came along. I'd known the man for less than a few hours and I let him fuck me sideways in a shower, no less. And my note was you didn't let him do anything. No, there was no letting this man do something. And I love that he got so mad at, was it David later on, right? When, when she was at the frat house. Yeah. And if we really analyze, David wasn't doing anything different than what he just did. I know. Like, I am not shaming anybody for anything, but the only difference was he is a very wealthy criminal and David is just a frat boy. <laughs> That's really the only difference. Well, Luca could kill David, which I think has has some, you know, and he wouldn't have any problem with doing so. No, but like I said, again, he was he almost killed him for doing exactly what he had just done. A little bit of a double standard. A hundred percent of them. And I, I'm I'm calling myself out because I'm like, oh, this is hot. And then when David came along, I was like, no, David. Don't do it, you fucker. Also, when we when we mentioned David later on, when he he's like, oh hey, like come upstairs and I'll 
<laughs> help you change your shirt. I was like, oh no, RIP David. And I already knew like in the future, David, like David's going to die. Something bad's going to happen to David. I was like, okay, first of all, that's too stupid to live because she should have known better. Yes. And it was nice knowing you. She was a little bit too stupid to live, in my opinion, this, this heroine. I agree. She was the next to Emma. I think she was probably the other too stupid to live girl. Yeah. Because she, afterwards, when, you know, she tranks him, which is actually a really funny scene, right? We're getting ahead of ourselves, but it's fine. Gregor brings some, I think it was Gregor, brings some clothes. Vasca. Was it Gregor? It was Vasca. Okay, yeah, because it's always Mary. Poor Mary's always giving her clothes away. Well, it's not like he doesn't buy her enough. <laughs> True. So, yeah, Vasca comes to bring some clothes that Mary sent over because, of course, she doesn't have anything. She just had those muddy, gross clothes that she's worn for a week. And they had a conversation about what was going to happen next and how his her father is waiting for her in Russia to marry her off to this old dude. And she overhears this conversation and decides to get the fuck out as soon as possible. So because she thinks Luke is going to bring her back over there. Well, she finds the plane and, tickets. Yeah, she finds the plane tickets and she also finds something like $15,000 of cash. Yeah, he, he says it was pocket change. It was, it was only 15000 yeah. pocket change. I was like, I was like, only? Excuse me, only 15000 Like, that's that's bananas. Anyway, but that's just how rich these people are, okay? They're, they're on a completely different stratosphere than us people. So yeah, she decides, okay, I got to get out of here. And this is where she's too stupid to live. Not because she got out of there, because she tranked him. She was really upset because he like fell through a glass table. But of course, he's a girl of a man. Nothing happened to him. Thank God he's so big because those three tranks didn't kill him. They just knocked him out a little bit. But uh, she escaped back to her college. Don't escape back to your college. Of course, they're going to know where you went. You go somewhere else. You have $15,000 on you. Go to Canada. I don't know. Go somewhere else. Well, after he she drugs him, my note was, yeah, unrealistic. Seriously, that's my line in the sand. There's something so wrong with me. <laughs> but that would never work instantaneously. Because he, no. it's like he swallowed, he, you know, he he chugs back the drink, the drug drink. Yeah. And immediately he gets woozy. Yeah. And everything becomes yeah, I know. focused. And I don't know why that was where I decided things were truly unrealistic, <laughs> but apparently I did. That's fine. I decided to get really mad about the cake because he says something like, you know, she, cause when she runs, she, she sees what happened. Then she runs back and sits naked in the bedroom and eats cake in the center of the bed to look nonchalant. And he says something like, you have to eat something more substantial than that. And I'm like, you're the one who brought the cake into the bathroom. Like out of all the food that you had catered, you decided the cake would be the first thing you brought into the bathroom. So now you're mad that she's eating the cake? Like pick, again, this is completely stupid, right? Completely stupid, but like pick your battles, man. Like you wanted her to eat cake, she's eating cake. <laughs> but she drugs him, she gets away and she feels so bad about it. Yeah, she does. She like covers she him up she... and puts a pillow under his head. <laughs> it's it's really funny. 
Again, Zoe writes really funny books, very hot, funny books. But yeah, she runs away from him. And then Vasca and Dimitri show up to wake him up, so to speak. And they're laughing at him because, quote, you got the shit kicked out of you by a girl. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think Vasco's like, well, actually, to be fair, the, the table did most, <laughs> most of the work. <laughs> but he also just say like, oh, this is good news. It's like, what do you mean this is good news? She drugged me, stole from me, and took off in the middle of the night to get as far away from me as possible. Vasco beamed as he also slapped me on the back. Exactly. When they run, it means they like you. <laughs> just ask to be true. <laughs> They let him know that she's gone back to Virginia and that they have someone yeah. following her because mm-hmm. conveniently the Ivanov crime family is there in Virginia by DC. So Gregor's guy is looking out for her. And they're like, don't worry, she's passed out in her bed. She's fine. She's home. She's safe. Again, girl, why you ran home? And and in her brain, she's like, Oh, well, hopefully he'll just go back to Russia and forget about me. Did you not mean this meet this man? Does he seem like the kind of man that would just be like, oh, well, she's gone. I'm just going to go back to Russia. She did not meet the same man that I met in this in those first nine no. chapters. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. I guess we might have to give her a little bit of a pass because we've also met four other dudes that are very similar to him. We're very well acquainted with, their, with his type of people. That's true. But no, I mean, come on. He made it clear that she was his and he was like, before she ran away, he told her he they were sleeping in the same bed together, which again, I, was, I love me my um, it's only one bed trope because there's this huge suite of a hotel room and there's only one bed in it. There's usually at least another bedroom or if something. If it's a suite, but, yeah. Exactly. But no, of course, convenient. Only one bed. Anyway. Well, we meet Brooklyn, who is Katie's best friend, except Brooklyn doesn't know Katie is actually Katya, the mafia princess. Because Katie says, I, that, you know, I couldn't, I can't tell her the truth. So she lies to her and says, well, mm-hmm. somebody hit me with a bike. I hit my head and I had amnesia. Yeah. And Brooklyn's a little stupid too, because she believes that. Because when I fell, I dropped my purse and my camera. So I didn't have any identification because the good Samaritan obviously would not have taken the purse with them. The per- I think the Good Samaritan maybe went to Chicago and the Yakuza guy came to Virginia because they got the purse thing confused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So dumb. Anyway, whatever. It's a romance novel. We get it. Romance reasons. We need we need these things to happen. We need these things to be believable-ish. But then Luca tracks her down and I mean, she was thinking about them the whole time. She's like worried that she killed him. <laughs> Well, I got really tickled because she's going to her art history class and I had the most insane art history teacher in the world. Yeah. We did not look at a single picture that did not tie in with sex for the entire semester. I think we need to tell your teacher about our podcast. (laughs) If you saw how creepy he was, you probably would not think that. Oh, womp womp. You mean he wasn't like a sexy art teacher? No, we're talking pot belly, greasy hair with the oh. you know, bald spot and the scraggly beard. Oh, 
but he thought he was hot shit. Of course, of course he, he did. did. <laughs> but everything, every picture in the world somehow means something about sex. Of course. Naturally. I might have been more interested if it hadn't been a 9 a.m. class that I was being forced to take. But uh. I remember nothing else about that except I, I came up with some pretty fun conspiracy theories in that class because I was yeah. bored. Yeah, I had this whole thing about squirrels. Squirrels. Squirrels were going to take over the world. You know, that's funny you say that because I do believe in high school, a few of my friends and I had the same conspiracy. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. Well, when you were in high school, I was probably in college. So it probably <gasps> worked out about the same. Wait, what if it's true? I, I, I had this whole planned out that they were that they were going to put bombs in their acorns that they continued to throw down at, on everybody. <laughs> and the hamsters were really manufacturing the explosives um, and hiding them in the cedar chips in their cages. I was really bored during art history. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can tell. <laughs> I did not have to take an art history class, thankfully. The only art class I had to take was, I got away with it. It was, oh my God, it, the hell was it? I can't remember. I took, I remember taking for my physical education class because I, I hate working out guys. I took dance class. And as I've told you, I don't know if I told it on the podcast, but I used to be a semi-pro uh, ballroom and Latin American dan um, dance person. Like I did competitive ballroom and Latin American dance. That's the words in the palia. So I was a little bit of a cheater when I took that in college because I already knew all the dances. Well, my degree, I, I've got my, my bachelor's is a fine arts degree in theater. So I took all of the musical theater stuff and I did all the dance classes and everything. That's how I got through my phys ed because I don't remember if it was ballet or jazz that counted for that, but dance was the only way that I would have gotten that credit. Ah, I see. Yeah. So yeah, I took dance class and then... I don't remember what I took from my art class. Oh, I do remember what I took from my art class. Such a cop out. I took movie making and we just watched movies the whole semester. Oh. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. But it was like, I, sh I shouldn't complain because it was like the easiest class I've ever taken. But it was a lot of the classics, like the black and white and stuff. So it wasn't the most entertaining because I watched like Charlie Chaplin. Like, oh, I love Charlie, Charlie Chaplin. Chaplin. Yeah, but like a whole class on Charlie Chaplin. I could do that because of my interest in theater and acting. No, okay, there you go. I'm not really that interested. Most people aren't. <laughs> no, it was okay. But anyway, again, we are digressing 150% once again, but people seem to like it. What else do you guys want to know about our ridiculous college careers send us questions and we'll 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 try to answer yeah email us at triggerwarningromance at gmail.com questions maybe we should do a q a episode oh that could be fun here you go guys send us some questions that we you would like us to answer and we'll do our maybe do like a mini sode on q a because 
Uh, we might need to have some filler episodes coming up because Natalia's going to be real busy. <laughs> well, I'm starting um, classes in August. That's right. So we will be busy together. Oh my God. That's right. Because I'm doing what I'm doing, hopefully starting in August as well. And I'm excited because, well, I'm a little scared. I've not been in classes in over 20 years. Yeah, but you're going to be so great because you're a good student. Look at you taking notes and stuff for this podcast. <laughs> I just show up. <laughs> no, you take notes. I highlight and then I read them. You actually seem to have organized notes. Oh, no, I'm going completely off of my highlights. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. You seem a lot more. I just, I have a, a memory for things. See, so. so you'll be great in class. I have a shit memory. I told you guys on this episode, not this episode, see, on this podcast, I told you. My brain, ever since I've had kids, complete shredded cheese. Okay. If it doesn't have to do with the last time the baby pooped or needed a bottle, then I don't remember it because my brain is shredded cheese. Oh, boy. Anyway. I'm going to redirect us because Luca is now in Virginia. Yes. And he's looking at her sleep. He's watching her sleep because that's not creepy. No. Also... Of course, she's wearing silk pajamas and a silk tank top. Who are all these college students in silk? I was a poor college student. I didn't have that option. (laughs) No. You know what I slept in? A t-shirt and pajama pants. Cotton pajama pants. Same. Sometimes I wear a tank top. Yes, 100%. Either a tank top. But it's like silk what kind of college student sleeps? I guess she's a Russian mafia princess, but doesn't seem like her daddy is a very giving man. So I don't know. Doesn't seem like he she would have a lot of money. Eh, anyway. But she, when Luca is watching her, he sees, you know, her, her top inches up a little bit and he sees her stomach and he goes, was she pregnant with my child already? It was mm-hmm. improbable, but not impossible. Mm, yes, yes. Show us that stomach full of baby. <laughs> and she wakes up and she's like, you know, see your, see my dad. He's the one who owes you money. And he says, this isn't about the money. And he says, I've had my cock deep inside of you, baby girl. Don't act like there is nothing between us. She shifted on the bed as she clutched at the blanket. You don't have to be so coarse. We had sex. That's all. It was no big deal. Mm-hmm. It didn't mean anything. I winked as I reached down to grab my hard cock through my jeans. Oh, trust me, baby. It was a big deal. And it did mean something. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of cock in this book. <laughs> he is a cocky SOB. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But she tries to get him to leave. And of course he doesn't. And... She keeps insisting that there's there's nothing between them. So he takes off his belt to prove to her that she's wrong. And she says, I'll scream. Oh, yeah. So he takes the gun, puts a bullet in the chamber. It says, go ahead. I will shoot whoever the first person who comes through that door. And he's dead serious. Of course. And again, this is not the first time we've heard this, guys. This is the school of Zoe Blake mafia people. This is what you do. Okay. 
Because Vaiska says the same thing to Mary when she says, my boyfriend will be right yes. back. Yes, I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah, he says the same thing to her. And he's like, well, go ahead. Let's hope you're lying because the first person through that door is getting shot. <laughs> and he's saying the same thing to her as he's taking that belt out. So I do, I, I found it really funny though when he, he like smacks her with the belt and she tries, he, she, she does scream and then immediately shoves her face into a pillow. Yes. And she's like, stop, it hurts. And he's, well, it's supposed to hurt. You were a bad girl. Yeah, it's hot. It, it, this, this whole thing whole scene is hot. Was hot. Yeah. This whole book is hot. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we doing a podcast, guys? Just read the book. <laughs> Just read the book. But they have, they have sex. They have hot sex. Well, first, first he, he rips her shirt and scatters the buttons. Again, why? Why? Poor buttons. Just take, it takes just as long to take off the top than it does to rip the top. But it doesn't have the same visual effect. No, it doesn't. Look, look, I understand. But again, I understand he's really strong. Have you ever tried ripping a top that doesn't have a pre-rip in it? It's hard. It's hard. That's like all these underwear that keeps getting ripped. I don't know how yeah. that happens because my mine mm-hmm. are not coming off. No, not that way. Mm-mm. Not unless you have a knife or scissors. Yeah. Look, I have a whole bunch of really old underwear, probably TMI, like really, really old. And they have their lace and they have a whole bunch of holes in them. I've worn them through both my pregnancies. They have stretched the bejesus out of themselves. Okay. Even those aren't ripping. Okay. There's no way it's not happening. The structural integrity of clothing is much more powerful. Um, yes, and sturdy than than romance novels make them out to be. <laughs> anyway, yeah, go ahead. The sex happens. They have the sex. sex happens. Lots of sex happens, and mm. she she's like, "It's too big. It won't fit." And he says, "Well, it it did earlier. We'll make yeah. it work." Oh, and then he like makes her straddle him. Yes. And uses her gravity of and her the weight of her body against her to get it up in there. It's hot. And then he comes in her again and she's like, I'm not on birth control. I know. And she like begs him to take it out. And he is just, he's like, nope. I'm gonna make sure none of this stuff comes out. <laughs> I didn't want a drop of cum to escape down her pre- precious inner thighs. This is one of my favorite okay. parts. Oh yeah. A tear rolled down her cheek. Why are you doing this? Because I've decided to keep you. Keep me. Yes, keep you. You can't keep me. I'm not some possession you can just claim. I kissed your lips. And yet that is precisely what I'm doing. Yeah. Swoon. Yes, swoon here. But this is a little bit of a spoiler for another episode we're doing. In 365 days. (laughs) When... When she compares herself to a sack of potatoes. Yes. (laughs) This is how you're supposed to do it 365 days. You do it this way, it's hot. You do it the sack of potatoes way in 365 days. And we just cackle and not for a good reason. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Or no, not spoiler alert. Um, Announcement alert. Tori and I have watched 365 days and we're going to do a mini sode on it for for both movies, the first and the second. So enjoy that when that comes out. 
look forward to that one. I I made Tori suffer through them for me. <laughs> Only for you, Nat. Thank you. But the next morning, Luca finds Katie at the pharmacy. And she does something smart and she bought bought herself some plan B. And he snatched it right out of her hands. <laughs> he's like, what is this? And she's like, it's none of your business, but it is. And he's like, he keeps calling her Katya and she keeps correcting him to Katie. When, and he's like, no, you're Russian. You need to go by your Russian name. He's like, your name is Katya. And the fuck, this isn't my business. He's like, listen, you big gorilla. <laughs> I have plans for my future and they do not include having your baby. And he's like, well, then I'm going to have to convince to uh, I'm going to have to try and harder to convince you otherwise. And she's like, holy shit, if we do this any any harder, I'll die. She says, I wasn't entirely sure the man hadn't rearranged my internal organs with that massive club he called a cock. There was no way this was just me being inexperienced. It wasn't like I lived in some convent virgin bubble. I knew what normal men looked like and what they did in bed. And neither applied to Luca. Nope. No. I, I think when you compare somebody to a club, it's it's over. But I guess he has to be proportional, right? And he's a freaking mountain of a human being. Yeah. Although, did you know the gorillas have very small wee-wees comparatively to their bodies? I did not know that. Yeah. I took a human psychology, not human, animal psychology class in college. And for some reason, they had to talk about Gorilla wee-wees, and I'll never forget that fact. Fascinating. <laughs> yes. This is another thing I learned in that animal psychology class. How, what penises have to do with psychology? No idea. But anyway. They could ask my art um, history teacher that. <laughs> <laughs> Humans have the largest penises in comparison to their bodies. So like, like I guess a ratio. You know what I mean? Penis to body ratio. At least out of all the mammals, I think, or something like that. So, uh, and that is the the only reason, apparently, that is a thing is because of evolution and ladies prefer it. <laughs> so they mate with the larger wee-wees. <laughs> I guess I'm not normal on the evolutionary train because I don't want a club. No, I guess you and I are. But again, like, we would just want normal wee-wees, right? Like, we don't want small ones. So I guess we've as a as a human race we have just we've gotten rid of the small ones <laughs> oh we have digressed to animal penises anyway <laughs> you have to remember guys we record quite late at night because of me and my children i have to do this after they go to bed and by the time we record we are brain dead and just completely slap happy <laughs> And we record for hours. Yes. And I've had multiple people tell me that they really like my voice and they find it sexy. And what I have, what I've taken from that is my exhausted voice is really sexy. You have a sexy, exhausted voice. I sound like a drunk redneck. (laughs) You do not. You sound adorable. I love your accent. I think it's so cute. But Luca... Going to get us back on track. <laughs> Luca insists that she get ready to go to class, and she goes out and meets Brooklyn, and they make arrangements to go to a frat party. Yeah, 
And Brooklyn's like, wait, you're not going to be a nun tonight for once? You're going to come out with us? And that's when she says, oh, you know, David is probably going to be at the party. <laughs> He's like, David? Yeah, you know, that business major who's been trying to get in your pants since sophomore year. He's like, oh, yeah, that David. Yeah, that David. He's going to be there tonight. He's an alpha theta delta. And that's when my note was, rest in peace, David, in advance. I just know something bad's going to happen. Poor David. <laughs> but they do go to the, the part uh well first she sneaks out of the library because she did tell him that she was going to meet him at the library later she knew that either he or somebody he hired was watching her so she made a, a big show of picking at a book and then her and brooklyn change and slide out of the side door and go to this party and as the frat parties go they're horrible at least in my opinion, they're crowded and there's a line for the keg, whatever. She gets the beer and somebody bumps her and she doesn't even get to take a sip. And just the whole beer goes down the front of her shirt. And that's where David appears. And he's like, hey, baby, do you need some help? <laughs> and she thought it was Luca for a second. And then she's like, oh, wait, no, it's not Luca. Okay. And he convinces her to go get a clean shirt with him upstairs and they disappear. Oh, that way, this is where I have my too stupid to live comment. Because okay, please. first of all, girl code. You don't leave a girl alone at the party. Mm -hmm. You just don't do it. And second of all, the guy wants to get in your pants. You know that he wants to get in your pants. Well, I guess it's not so much too stupid to live because she was thinking about actually sleeping with him. Yeah. Yeah. She went up there because she wanted to prove to herself that Luca was not that special, which we know is not true. So, but she gets up there and she changes her mind and he won't let her leave. No, he says, this is when I was like, hmm, what's really the difference here? Because he says, take off your shirt. He locks the door and he says, take off your shirt. Tell me that hasn't happened before. <laughs> well, no, Luca doesn't say take off your, sh your shirt. He just rips it off. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Actually, that's not true because later on in the hotel, he says, take off your robe. Well, yeah. When he makes her crawl to him. Yes. So I, again, I understand. But yeah, he says, she says this was a mistake. Really, I'm fine. This shirt's practically dry. And he said, he reached behind him. I could hear the lock click into place. His gaze traveled over my body, settling on my chest. Take off your shirt. If this was, if this is taken out of context, and I was to read this to you and tell you it's from a Zoe Blake book, would you not just insert a Russian in there? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, of course, Luca finds out that she's missing. And he yells at his, uh, I think it's at Gregor's guy, because he like, he's like, look, she was sitting there for hours reading a stupid book. I wanted to take a piss and a smoke. And I came back and she was gone. <laughs> so he yelled at him. He put a gun to his head. It was hot. He was, he was real upset about it. They, they looked all over the place and they didn't know where she could be. But then they're like, let's just try this stupid frat party. It doesn't seem like a place that she would be at, but let's just try and he finds Brooklyn and Brooklyn is not willing to help him at first. Brooklyn no. knows the girl code. 
Not really, because she sent her upstairs with David. Well, <laughs> do they not have girl code anymore? Maybe that's just not a thing anymore. I don't know. No, it has to be a thing. I don't know. But then she says, who are you? And he says, I'm a friend. She says, I know her friends. You're not one of her friends. And he says, I, I don't know what she has told you, if anything, but Katie is my girlfriend. I hated that word. Mm -hmm. It is so prosaic and American. She isn't my girlfriend. She is mine. Fucking mine. It was as simple as that. Yes. I I, I too highlighted that. <laughs> and then he goes on a little bit and he says, no, girlfriend was too stupid and simple of a word. Wife. That is a better word. Yeah. God, I love this book. <laughs> This hits like all my book brain points. This, this hit every check mark. I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh-huh. 100%. Mine, done. Uh, Dubcon, done. Sexy large gorilla man, done. Uh, I need to put a baby in you immediately, done. A wife. I need to make you a wife. Even though you don't want to marry me, done. So everything I needed in this book. So good. <laughs> But Brooklyn sends him upstairs to David's room and he goes through every room that he comes across because he doesn't know which one is David's. Not only does he go through it, he kicks the door into all of them. <laughs> and one of the guys is, one of the frat boys is stupid enough to try to attack him. Yeah, it doesn't end well for him. But he does find them eventually and she's standing on a bed holding a baseball bat. I loved it. Yeah, but R.I.P. David, he hangs him out of a window. <laughs> Katie does stop him, unfortunately, so he does not die. But then he carries her out and it's super heroic and sexy. And some of the frat boys try to stop him and it's it's not good. And the cops show up. <laughs> and the, the cop says, shut the hell up. Do you have any idea who that guy was? You're lucky he didn't rip your friend's head off. And then that's when they go back to... Oh, she's like, oh, I could, I could just walk home. I'm not too far from my door. And he says, uh, get the hell on this motorcycle. You are not leaving my side. So they go back to the hotel and she's, uh, she's like, oh no, I'm in a lot of trouble, aren't I? He says, princess, you have no idea how much trouble you are in right now. Luca lost points with me on this one. Oh yeah? She says, that clerk thinks I'm some kind of escort. So, so... So I'm not used to people mistaking me for a hooker. Luca tilted his head and gazed down at me. If you didn't dress like one, people wouldn't think that. Yeah. I don't know. What was she wearing? I don't think she was wearing anything that scandalous. I think it's because her shirt was hanging out low because of the beer. It was causing it to sag a little bit. And so yeah, it was stretched the out. The top of her lace bra was in full view. The top of her bra. Okay. But she is very well endowed. So am I. But... I, yeah, I'm okay with that. Cleavage is not a bad thing. Cleavage does not a hooker make. No, but I think it was more of the the age difference than than the dress code because oh no, the clerk thinking she was a hooker. I had no problem with that. It's Luca calling her oh. out for her the way she's dressed. That pissed me off. Oh well, it's because oh, oh, I I get that, but it's because those men are like they want them to wear nothing but like turtlenecks in front of other people. It's just the way they are. It's turtlenecks or naked. Those are your choices. Yeah. Well, in public and like when they're home, they, they don't give a shit. But 
how many how many times have we gone through this? I think it was Maxim. Maxim made her he was just, just wearing tank top and he made her change and yoga pants. It's just Dimitri made Emma change when she dressed up for him for their date. Exactly. And she wasn't even wearing anything that scandalous. And she was just wearing one of Mary's cute dresses. And she had a lot of makeup on. I think that's what you didn't like about it. So no, like I get it, but I also I also get it because I like it. <laughs> he sends her to take a shower oh. and she thinks she tries to figure out a way that she could sneak out and she realizes mm-hmm. that would just backfire. Yeah. Finally getting it. She's finally getting it. And she did see that. Oh my, it was so funny that she noticed the massive hole in the hotel wall that he punched a hole through. And this is when he tells her to take off her robe and there's like a sexy crawl to me scene. Yes, but that sexy crawl to me scene was hot as fuck. Yeah, and then he makes her blow him for the first time, which again, all these poor girls, their first blowjobs are the most like traumatic things in the world. Yeah. <laughs> because they don't let them just do whatever they want. They like, I mean, it's, it's of course, it's what we like about the books. They just take everything over. Lucas snatched a fistful of my hair. He leaned down. Open your mouth and suck my cock, or I'm going to flip you onto the bed and plow into your virgin ass next. There's some motivation for you. Yeah, they're, they're always threatening that too. <laughs> but then they 69 for a little while. That was new. After he face fucks her. And then, of course, he's like, I'm not wasting a fucking drop. And he does come in her once again. <laughs> I don't, she's not pregnant at the end of the book, though. At least that, at least we don't know that she is. She might be, but it's not overt. And it's a, again, this is probably. I don't know. I don't want to say this is my favorite sex scene, but it's it's a very good one. <laughs> well, I like that the next morning she tries to sneak out. Yeah, and she puts on her dirty jeans and her dirty shirt, and he's like, uh, "Where the hell are you going?" And he just he gets up nonchalantly, walks over to her, just rips off her clothes and throws it out the window, throws them off the balcony yep. because he, of course, is in the penthouse. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And then he's like, go back to sleep. It's early. (laughs) And she says, I don't want to go back to sleep. I want to leave. Well, that's not happening. You can't keep me prisoner. Luca pulled the covers off me. Go ahead, leave. I scurried back under the covers. You know, I can't leave without my clothes. He closed his eyes as he draped an arm around me. All part of my evil plan. (laughs) That isn't funny. Well, I'm not joking. I have nothing but evil intentions toward you and this tight little body of yours. He could have evil intentions towards me. I wouldn't mind. Same. I wouldn't mind either. (laughs) They all protest way too much. (laughs) The ladies. But then she takes some pictures of him and she tells him that he's really photogenic. And he, of course, he's like, my ugly face will probably break your lens. But he's not ugly. He's just hot. And he doesn't know he's hot. (laughs) That's part of the appeal. Yeah. Like I said, he's not traditionally good looking, right? He's more of a that I don't know masculine broken face good looking he also lost another point with me here he's lost some massive points to me he has horrible taste he's choosing to read the old man in the sea have you read the old man in the sea no I have not it is 150 pages of a man sitting on a fucking (laughs) boat doing nothing but sitting on a fucking boat it is the most boring thing I have ever read (laughs) well she thinks it's hot 
I understand that Hemingway is a big deal, but that book sucked. <laughs> I have very strong feelings about books. I'm sorry. It's fine. I have not read it. Don't. I don't read anything that doesn't have sex in it. So if I see old man and see, I just assume there's no smut in it. <laughs> yeah, but she's super into it. But then she does. She's like really upset because she he's telling her that he wants to. Oh, she she was telling him about the, the ballerinas and why she likes taking pictures of ballerinas because her mom wanted to be one before she met her dad. And clearly after she met her dad, that wasn't happening. So, and he's, he says, don't do that. And she says, do what? Don't let me in with the likes of your asshole father. I'm nothing like him. And she turned her head to the side, avoiding his gaze. I'm sure that my mother, Alina, thought that when she first met my father too. And he ruined her life. So the reason she hates Russian men is because of her father, obviously. And like, she doesn't want to repeat history. Oh, and this is where I run out of my notes. <laughs> okay, folks, we're winging it the rest of the episode. So the first half, we were kind of on point. The second half, I don't know what you're going to get. Oops. But he's determined that he's not going to let her put space between them. And he says, I meant what I said. She was mine and I wasn't going to let anything come between us, including her. Maybe it was time I made this arrangement more permanent. With the way we were fucking, it was only a matter of time before she carried my child. Yes, it was past time I gave her and my possible future child the protection of my name. Love me a shotgun wedding. Let's do it. So he puts her in a bubble bath, orders yes. her some chocolate cake. I'm for it. And then he starts to plan a wedding. Yeah, I, uh, where was this man when I was getting married <laughs> Amen to that. Um, my wedding was a travesty, but I spent a lot of time planning that fucking tragedy. And my wedding was great, but again, I had to plan the whole thing. I had to plan that very whole, like every minute of it. Mr. Savage just showed up. I even picked out what he wore. He just showed up. I don't think he picked one thing. That's the way it was with my, for my husband. The only thing he picked was the alcohol at our wedding. Oh, I'm from the South. We didn't have alcohol. I'm so uh, excuse me yeah there was no alcohol in my wedding at my wedding the church didn't allow it <laughs> what okay we are a completely different weddings i had a soviet wedding okay and we drank the venue out of whiskey <laughs> i love it i'm jealous but i love it <laughs> Yeah, they they ran out of whiskey and had to send somebody to the liquor store halfway through the wedding to buy more whiskey to have at my wedding. That's awesome. Because I have Soviet family, okay? I have people from Russia. I have people from Georgia Republic. I have people from Armenia. I have people from all over the Soviet Union. And then my husband and our friends drank a lot. So there was just a lot. Also, can I just... Sorry, fun fact. I was going through our statistics on our app of who listens to the podcast. And you know how it breaks it out by country? Mm -hmm. We have somebody from Georgia Republic listening to us. That's awesome. I just want to call that person out and say hello because, hi, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> how did you find us? You are my people. And I just want to welcome you. Welcome, my people. I am from Georgia Republic. <laughs> Email us if you don't mind. I'd like to know you. Are you my cousin? <laughs> In that case, do not email us. You do not know me. 
Oh boy. Anyway, sorry. We, oh my God, so many tangents. We're never finishing this episode. <laughs> Doesn't seem like we're going to finish this episode because we just giggled and rambled on and went on tangents. So I think it's only fair that we do a two-parter for this series finale. I think that sounds like a good plan. Otherwise, there's no way we can do it justice. Yeah. Or we're going to have a six-hour episode, which I'm sure you guys would like, but Tori would hate editing a six-hour episode. Tori would cry if she had to edit a six-hour episode. (laughs) I just want you to know that that would move me to tears and not in a good way. Oh, yeah, that's not good. So this was part one of Sweet Ferocity by Zoe Blake. I hope you liked our giggly rendition of just having a grand time talking about it. We do have a winner for you guys for the giveaway. Yes, Miranda Walker. We are very pleased to let you know that you have won the signed copy of the Ruthless Obsession series. So if you will tag me on Messenger at Tori Klein, we will get with you to find addresses and all of that good stuff. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's so exciting. Our first giveaway. I feel so excited about that for us. (laughs) It's a landmark. Yes. Very exciting. Hopefully we'll have a bunch more. Thank you so much to Zoe Blake for giving us these amazing copies of her books signed and the cute little vase, which I keep harping about because it's really adorable. So I hope Miranda Walker, you have some flowers to put them in because the flowers don't come with a vase. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's do maybe some palate cleansers. What do we got? Nothing. (laughs) We got nothing. Nothing today. I have been rereading one of the series. I got hooked on it years mm. ago and they've been slowly trickling out and I've got a new new book coming out on Monday. It's the Crave series by Tracy Wolf. Okay, I haven't heard of it. It's probably more young adult than what we usually read, but I got attached to the characters and I haven't been able to let it go. So I am really excited about the new book coming out and rereading the books that I've already enjoyed. That's awesome. I have, I have two parter for you because I'm a generous being today. My first one is I also have been rereading some books because of what's happening in the world with Roe v. Wade and the formula shortage and just insanity in general. Those of you who follow me on TikTok and who are in the Facebook group probably already know, I was rereading my dystopian books. I just needed to reread some of those dystopian books and work through my catharsis, you know? Did it work? It did. It made me feel better. Excellent. Maybe I need to try that. I don't know if that's like, honestly, any because nothing's changed. So The amount of rage that I have inside of me, anything that may work could be could be beneficial. I 100% agree with you. So my first one was I reread Owned by L.V. Lane. And it's, oh God, that is such a good, it's an oldie. I think it's one of the first books she's ever written, but it's a dystopian post-apocalyptic world where women are quite literally owned. They tag them and everything and they have absolutely no rights. And it's, I mean, it's a romance novel. It's a dark romance novel, obviously guys, check the triggers. And then the second one was, it's by Lexi C. Foss and it's a dark Omegaverse. And the first one was The Andorra Sector. And then I just reread Winter's Arrow, which is my personal favorite. So again, it's like a 
What was the second Winter's one? Winter's Arrow by Lexi C. Foss. Uh, Tori's writing notes because she's going to have to tag all these in show notes. <laughs> but yeah, I really, really enjoyed those two books and they made me feel kind of better. I don't know why, because not, like I said, nothing's changed, <laughs> but I feel a little bit more at ease. So, and like I said, I've made videos about both of them. So some of you already probably started reading them and I hope you are enjoying them. But that's pretty much it. That's all I got for you. Well, I hope that you guys have enjoyed our craziness <laughs> for the past hour and 10 minutes. And we will see you next Monday with the second half of Sweet Ferocity. Yes, our first two-parter. Because maybe we should do two-parters for season finales. Oh, maybe not. I don't know. Because... I guess it really depends on our mood and how talkative we are. And this time we just would not shut up. <laughs> yeah, we, wow. Yeah. But it was fun. Yes. I hope that everybody had fun listening to us. Have a great week and we will see you next time. Take care. Bye.